0: I always do on Mondays it is time to start the show welcome again everybody to the sports beat with Richard Holdridge I am so happy to be here I love Mondays because we have a jam-packed show gonna talk about everything that happened over the weekend Tanya Chavez is kind of join me on the show talking about the women's world cup and it's my NFL 32 teams in 32 days I am Talking about the Cleveland Browns, and I have a special segment for the next two weeks. I'm going to air one of the schools from the media days, whether it's Muskogee County or Brookstone. Had the privilege to be a part of Muskogee County Media Days on Friday, and Thrift and I were at Brookstone on Saturday for their media days. Also, Thrift Behringer and I debuted. The first episode of Georgia-Alabama Sports Live. You could find it on Spotify or you can like the Georgia-Alabama Sports Live Facebook page. We have so much to get into in the show, including the columbus Chattahoot season coming to an end. The Columbus Lions enter a new league. And I'm going to talk about the Women's World Cup and the disappointing exit. Of course, I'll have Tanya Chavez on to elaborate on the Women's World Cup. The United States women's soccer team lost to Sweden in the round of 16 on penalty kicks. It was a wild game. They lose by a millimeter as the ball went over the line. The United States had a chance to win the game, but Megan Rapino ended up missing a penalty kick. and Then you had one that hit the crossbar, and Sophie Smith also missed one. They had their opportunity to beat Sweden. They had 11 shots on goal. And hats off to the Sweden goalkeeper for getting 11 saves. I would not call this an upset. Sweden is the third-ranked team in the world. You know how you advance out of the round of 16? Win the group. They never should have beat Vietnam just 3-0. You knew that goal differential was going to factor later on. Tying the Netherlands and tying Portugal... Their lackluster effort is the reason why they left the World Cup early. This game started at 5 o'clock in the morning. I watched the second half when I got up at 6. This game was going on all the way up until 7.30. A lot of people are getting up. So a lot of viewership for this World Cup saw the penalty kicks. And it's just a heartbreaking way for the women's national team to end the World Cup And Sweden advances, they'll play Japan in the quarterfinals. There's one team I'm still rooting for, and that's Jamaica. They're taking on Colombia in the round of 16. This has really been a crazy World Cup. The number one and number two teams in the FIFA World Rankings both are eliminated. Germany didn't even get out of the group. And the United States barely got out of the group. Look, I know they were playing not to lose to Portugal, Because the Netherlands had a 7-0 lead over Vietnam. Well, next time, you need to blow out Vietnam. You're the better team. You need to get more aggressive. And you need to put up at least 7 or 8 goals. Because goal differential is going to factor in the other matches. Look, I'm not an expert at women's soccer. I only call games for the women's indoor soccer team, the Columbus Rapids, here in the Fountain City. That's why I'm going to get Tanya Chavez on the show later so I could bring an expert, somebody who plays indoor and outdoor soccer and watches the FIFA Women's World Cup from start to finish. So she's coming on the show. She's going to analyze this game. Let's talk about Harris County Little League as they are playing today at 11 o'clock against Tennessee in the elimination round. Florida defeated them last night 7-0 to advance to the championship game in warner robbins with a trip to williamsport on the line harris county won their first two games in fact they beat nolensville from tennessee it was the first time that they lost a game in the southeast regional tournament since 2021 fuller carver ended up pitching five innings gave up two runs i'm rallying around harris county because i live streamed one of their games and i wrote about them in the chattahoochee valley living i'm Hoping that Harris County can at least get this win over Tennessee and advance to the championship game with a chance to go to Williamsport. It's not over yet, but Harris County, frustrating night. You had a four-hour rain delay. They finally get the game going, and they end up losing to Florida 7 to nothing. The Atlanta Braves end up losing two out of three to the Chicago Cubs as Dansby Swanson hit a home run against his former team. But that wasn't the story. Friday night, the Atlanta Braves welcomed back Max Freed, and he pitched a gym as they defeated the Chicago Cubs 8 to nothing. The Braves have a tough four-game road trip against the Pittsburgh Pirates, then four against the Mets, and then they're back at Truett's Park taking on the Yankees and then the San Francisco Giants. And, yes, I'm a Giants fan, and I will talk up that series. I want to try to go to one of those games, too. As I'm calling high school football on the 18th, might go to the game either the 19th or the 20th. That 20th game is a game in the afternoon, but anytime I get an opportunity to see my San Francisco Giants taking on the Atlanta Braves, I definitely want to take advantage of that. The Columbus Chattahoochee season came to an end on Friday night up at Ivy Watson Field as they lose to the Gainesville Gold Diggers three to nothing. And the Gainesville Gold Diggers win back-to-back SBL championships. The Chattahoots fall short after losing in two games in the SBL championship. And it was a great season. The Chattahoots is always a fun time at the ballpark. And I was honored to help call Chattahoots and Monsters games on the broadcast. I want to thank Ignite Sports. I want to thank the owner, president of Ignite Sports, Jeff Krupp. And their Director of Communications and Broadcast, Tom Callahan, for giving me that opportunity to fulfill a lifelong dream to call baseball at the Woodbat Collegiate level. And I'm looking forward to if they are willing to let me come back next season, I'll be more than happy to fill in anytime I can. But it seemed like we have a rising star in the industry As Noah Shelton who's been a guest on the show. He's got a bright future in this industry and I'm looking forward to hearing him call more games. So I want to talk about conference realignment that happened over the weekend that left the Pac-12 in shambles. I was born and raised in California. I was a casual college football fan that rooted for Cal and Stanford. I don't like to see what the Pac-12 is going through. But it is a business, and they cannot get a TV deal. USC and UCLA were the first to leave. And then this year, Oregon and Washington leaves for the Big Ten. And then Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona leave for the Big 12. Colorado already left for the Big 12. That leaves four teams remaining in the Pac-12. Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. Does this mean there might be a merger between the Mountain West? Well, not so fast. Maybe the Mountain West doesn't want to go to the Pac-12. I said on this show a couple of weeks ago, I thought that San Diego State, Fresno State, and UNLV would be good candidates to replace USC, UCLA, and Colorado. I didn't expect more than half of the Pac-12 teams to leave in such a fashion that has left the Pac-12 in ruins And they might just dissolve the Pac-12. That is a real possibility. The Columbus Lions made a special announcement Friday afternoon that they are returning to the American Indoor Football League. This is a league that folded in 2016. That was the last time the Lions won a championship. And they are back. And I'm excited about the 2024 season for the Columbus Lions As they try to defend their AIFA championship and try to win their fifth championship. A special event happened in Greenville over the weekend. The two-time NBA champion, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who played for the 2020 Lakers and won a championship, and recently won another ring with the Denver Nuggets in 2023, Contavious Caldwell-Pope was honored in the small town of Greenville, just 20 minutes outside of LaGrange, as there was a parade and a sign that was revealed out on the highway. It says, Welcome to Greenville, home of the two-time NBA champion, Contavious Caldwell Pope. That was such a cool sight. And they had a ceremony. KCP took pictures in front of the sign So that's going to be pretty cool when you enter Greenville, which I do, because sometimes I will take the back roads out of LaGrange going from work and seeing the small town of Greenville. It's really nice. It has a roundabout. And I'm interested to see the Greenville Patriots as they play Spencer in football, pretty good in basketball. When KCP was there in the early 2010s, He led them to the Final Four appearance. He never really won anything until the NBA. He did play two seasons at Georgia, was drafted by the Detroit Pistons. So congratulations to KCP, one of the best basketball players in the Chattahoochee Valley, and he was honored. Another person who was honored that's part of the Chattahoochee Valley is the former Auburn High School Tiger, DeMarcus Ware, also played at Troy, gets inducted into the pro football hall of fame and he was a great defensive end for the dallas cowboys and the denver broncos he won a super bowl with the denver broncos super bowl 50 when they beat the carolina panthers so congratulations to the former troy trojan and auburn high school player demarcus ware for making it to the pro football hall of fame and there's some other players like that made it. He was a great corner. You talk about Revis Island. You know, we had the Hall of Fame game. We got NFL preseason games coming up this weekend. High school scrimmages going on. And last night, myself and Thrift Barringer aired our first episode of Georgia Alabama Sports Live. If you want to check that out, you could find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can like the Facebook page, Georgia Alabama Sports Live, and it's also going to be on YouTube. I'm still going to try to have Thrift Berenger here on my show. And that's what happens when you love talking about sports. I get people to come on my show all the time. I was on Rod Peterson's show. He was on mine. And I'm looking forward to having Thrift Berenger on my show. You could also check him out on Sports Vision's radio show, Smooth R&B 92.1, with Thrift Berenger and DJ Jones, 4 to 6 on Mondays and Thursdays. And so... We've got local sports talk in Columbus locked down as they talk local sports on 92.1 Sports Visions radio show and Thrift Behringer and I have the Georgia Alabama Sports Live podcast. It's actually called Georgia Alabama Sports Live if you want to try to look it up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and of course I have this radio show that I do five days a week because I love talking about sports. I live in Columbus, and I want to keep it local. Anybody can talk national sports, but when you go into the weeds and you start talking about local sports to Columbus, Georgia, there is a market that wants to listen to local sports. The Columbus State Lady Cougars, their preseason ranking on the national level, the team that went to the Final Four last year, they are ranked number three For the latest preseason polls, they will open up the regular season on August the 31st against Barrie University. And the schedule is out for the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars. I'm so excited about this schedule. The Cougars, led by head coach Robert Moore, will have their home opener on November the 15th against Edward Walters University the lady cougars that are led by head coach matt hauser their first home game is november the 10th against savannah state what's really cool and i'm not sure if this is an exhibition game or if it counts in the regular season the lady cougars will go up to auburn and take on the auburn lady tigers on november the second that is pretty awesome all right so much to get into on monday What we're going to do now is take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to have my NFL 32 teams in 32 days. I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns, and then I'm going to have Tanya Chavez on the show to talk about the Women's World Cup. And I'm also bringing back Tanya Chavez for tomorrow's show because I'm doing my NFL 32 teams in 32 days for the Philadelphia Eagles, and she's an Eagles fan. So I figured, why not come and talk about your favorite team? And so that was a fun, exciting segment that we did that is going to air on tomorrow's show. All right, we'll be back.
1: Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bug, German Roach, and Fleet Control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control, repair, bond, best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan, 770-954-9941. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hottaway, Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at
3: Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia.
2: Have a blessed week.
0: We are back here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope you like this segment. This is my favorite segment of the summer when we get ready for football season. It is time for my NFL 32 Teams in 32 Days. And today I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns, a franchise that once had a starting quarterback just about every year. They had some consistency with Baker Mayfield for four years. He's now with the Buccaneers. Last year, Jacoby Brissett was mainly their starter because Deshaun Watson was serving a 12-game suspension. But Browns fans are optimistic. They think that Deshaun Watson is their quarterback, and he does have all the talent in the world. But does he have what it takes to lead the Cleveland Browns back to the playoffs in a tough division? The Cleveland Browns reached the playoffs in 2020. They had an 11-5 record and lost in the divisional round to the Kansas City Chiefs. And before that, they reached the playoffs in 2002. They had a 7-10 season last year. But as head coach Kevin Stefanski reaches his fourth season, he is on the hot seat. The Browns have got to do something, and they have got to get into the playoffs. They traded all those draft picks for Deshaun Watson. Now they got to get it to pay off. So here's what I'm going to do. It's my NFL 32 teams in 32 days. I am going to go over the depth chart for the Cleveland Browns. And let's start with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, who served a 12-week suspension last year because of off-the-field incidents, did start 6 games for the Cleveland Browns. He went 3 and 3 as a starter, a very disappointing 7 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. And this is for a quarterback who hasn't played in two seasons. He missed the entire 2021 season. I mean, he broke records with the Houston Texans passing for almost 5,000 yards. I mean, this guy is a top five quarterback, but can it work in Cleveland? Cleveland Brown fans think they have their guy. But in order for it to work, you've got to get all the weapons around you to mix together. And I think... That with the Cleveland Browns being in a tough division, it's going to be a challenge for the Browns to make the playoffs. And I don't know if Kevin Stefanski lasts this season. All right, so Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. The running back is Nick Chubb. Now, Nick Chubb is a top-five back. He rushed for over 1,500 yards last season and had 12 touchdowns. But he's now 27. He's entering his sixth season in the league. This is the point where a franchise starts to get nervous and they don't want to pay running backs. But I feel that Nick Chubb is worth the money. He is a workhorse. He is their best running back. And with the Cleveland Browns offensive line, you got to center it around Nick Chubb. If you have a talented quarterback like Deshaun Watson who's capable of running and passing the football, throwing it down the field, Cleveland Browns should have a dynamic weapon with Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb. That's a pretty good tandem. But let's take a look at the other starters on the Cleveland Browns roster. They got a pretty good tight end. David Njoku. He's not bad. Their wide receivers, Amari Cooper, the Dallas Cowboys just gave up on. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, they got in trade from the New York Jets. And Cedric tillman the wide receiver from the University of Tennessee, Marquise Goodwin, is still in the league. Wow, I remember when he used to play for the 49ers. They do have some good receivers. Their offensive line, Jedrick Willis, is a good offensive tackle, playing left tackle. Joe Bitonio is a Pro Bowl guard. Ethan Pocic, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conklin round out the rest of the offensive line for the Browns. Now let's go over to the defense. There is debate whether or not Miles Garrett is the best defensive edge rusher in all of football. Well, As a 49ers fan, I'm going to say Nick Bosa. My frequent guest, Gabe Reynolds, is going to say Micah Parsons because he's a Cowboys fan. If you're a Browns fan, you're going to think Miles Garrett, he's it. If there was a top five of edge rushers, Miles Garrett would be right there with Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. Miles Garrett gets to the quarterback more than any player And this is what makes the Cleveland Browns defense so special. Jim Schwartz is now their defensive coordinator. Remember, he was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles for all those years. And I think he's going to make the difference. They also have Dalvin Tomlinson came over as an unrestricted free agent from the Minnesota Vikings. Elliot Jordan, Zadarius Smith also coming over from the Vikings. Jeremiah Owosu Koromai, remember he was a gem that they drafted out of Notre Dame. Anthony Walker Jr. came over from the Indianapolis Colts. Those are your linebackers. The secondary, Sion Takari, Denzel Ward, the former Ohio State Buckeye, Grant Delphit the former LSU Tiger, they got them in the early first rounds. Juan Thornhill, the Chiefs. They just gave up on him, and now he's on the Cleveland Browns. Martin Emerson Jr. is the other corner, and then Greg Newsom is the nickel corner. Now let's look at the schedule. I want to see if the Cleveland Browns have enough wins to let Kevin Stefanski keep his job. Look, we already saw them in the Hall of Fame game against the New York Jets. Congratulations, they get the win. Kellen Mond was playing. I mean, they didn't even play Deshaun Watson. I'm just not a fan of... Of not playing your ones in that first game of the season. I mean, come on. We only have three preseason games. Yes, the Hall of Fame game is the fourth preseason game. But let's go. The Cleveland Browns, week one. Taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in the dog pound. Of course, I previewed the Bengals on Friday. I picked the Bengals to win this game. Taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers Monday night, week two. I picked the Steelers to win this game. So the Browns are going to be 0-2 in trouble but I think they bounced back and they beat the Tennessee Titans. Look, before I go any further, I'm probably getting criticized because I'm going back in past episodes. And like, for example, I picked the 49ers to beat the Vikings. And then when it was my turn to do the Vikings, I picked the Vikings to beat the 49ers. Yes, there are flaws in the way I pick. What does this tell you? Well, then I'm not paying attention or writing this stuff down. No, this tells you that these games are so close that it could go either way. The Titans-Browns could go either way, but I think the Browns pick up the win here. They're favored by four. They'll lose to the Baltimore Ravens. They'll be in trouble when they take on the 49ers, and they're going to be one and four. I think they could beat the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think I picked the Colts in that game. I might have. And then they'll lose to the Seahawks. They'll beat the Cardinals. Three wins so far. Lose to the Ravens, the Steelers, Broncos. Rams, Jaguars. I had the Bears beating the Browns, but I think the Browns beat the Texans and they lose to the Jets and lose to the Bengals. So seriously, the Browns are in for a 4 and 13 or a 5 and 12 season. They did finish 7 and 10 last year. Now, if Deshaun Watson is the guy, if he's a mirror image of himself from 2020, then I think the Browns could be closer to 7-10 and 10 and 8-9. and nine. But it's a tough division. They've got tough opponents. they got to play the NFC West this year. I think the Browns miss out on the playoffs, and Kevin Stefanski is probably going to lose his job at the end of the season. I will have my special in a couple of weeks. The top 10 NFL head coaches that I think are going to be on the hot seat this year. But that is my NFL 32 teams in 32 days. I try to keep it under 10 minutes because I got an hour long show and I got a lot of stuff to talk about. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. And when we come back, I will have my weekly guest, Tanya Chavez, who is my official Women's World Cup correspondent for the sports beat. She is coming on to talk about the women's national team and what to expect. You don't want to go anywhere. It's a sports beat. We'll be right back.
1: Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location, 31 Jackson Street, Suite A, here in Noonan. Same great taste, the best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10:30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken, right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around so great wishbone fried chicken 31 jackson street sweet a here in noonan hey sports fans it's rod peterson here host of the rod peterson show inviting you to join us daily for two hours of atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on wqee i say fun because it is You've never heard a show like it, because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM.
2: Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern Sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair
4: Quarterbacks. Weekdays 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE
5: 99.1 FM.
0: Welcome back to the show. On the show, I've got my FIFA Women's World Cup correspondent. Unfortunately, Tanya, Tanya Chavez joining the show, not the result we wanted. What is your instant reaction to the women's national team getting eliminated by Sweden? And and we'll, we'll go through the match because there's a lot of things that went on, but what's your first reaction?
6: Um, that's just a, a little disappointing. Uh, I felt like in this game alone, we played a lot better. We looked better. We were passing. We were playing as a team versus the last three games. And I felt like we won the game despite the penalty shootout. That's where we lost the game. And it's super shocking. And you can't take nothing away from Sweden. Um, That's a top 10 ranked team. And we are number one. But um, of course, it's an upset. But it's not so much of an upset because is in the top ten, and we're you know this is a World Cup that brought out all these other teams, and we're no longer the dominant team, and it's great for the World Cup because women's sports are getting better. But I, I I was a little I was I was I was broken hearted because I shocked that we went out so early in the tournament.
0: Is the earliest exit for the Women's World Cup in their World Cup history. You got to give credit to Sweden. The Swedish goalie with 11 saves. The United States had their chances. Even when it went to penalty kicks and Sweden missed that penalty shot. Mega Rapino, she missed a wide... I, I could not believe she missed that one. United States had this. They, they were clutch when it came to the first three penalty kicks. But then that ball... A millimeter, and it hits the line, and it goes in. They showed it on the replay. Heartbreaking loss, but Tanya, in my opinion, Sweden is one of the top teams in the nation. Not nation. One of the top teams in the world. Sweden was, their FIFA rankings was number three. You know how the United States avoids playing the third best team in the world in the round of 16? Win the group. They had a chance to beat Portugal. What they should have done was they should have piled the score against Vietnam because the Netherlands were able to win the group on goal differential even if the United States would have beat Portugal. And I know that they they had a 0-0 draw against Portugal because they didn't want to lose. If they would have lost that game, they would have been out of the group. But if they would have won, I mean, there was really nothing you could do, especially after the Netherlands beat uh, Vietnam 7-0. But yeah, win the group. You got to have a better showing. You got to pour more goals on against Vietnam. You at least got to beat into the Netherlands and Portugal. I mean, that's unacceptable. That's why you played Sweden, and that's why the United States is watching the rest of the World Cup from the couch.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's exactly right. You got to win the group, and uh, we didn't win the group, and I, we still we, we didn't play well in those first three games. I don't know what we were doing. We today we, we look totally different. Well, I know he had to change up a few players in the starting lineup. One was forced because Roosevelt had the two yellows. I still wanted him to to move around a, a few other players and bring Cook off the bench, move Ertz into the sixth position, defensive center mid, done up a little bit more. That's what they play. And then in the best, they play more offensively, uh, bring O'Hara off the bench, but... There's there's a lot to talk about because his subbing was awkward and some of it was late. Uh, it was weird. Like I just had to understand that part.
0: What I don't understand was taking Alex Morgan out for, with the sub because you could have had her for the penalty kicks. I think that Alex Morgan would have been a very good, very good striker for the penalty kicks. They ran out like... This was really the first time I've seen penalty kicks go past the five shots both teams have. You had the goalkeeper for the United States actually attempting a penalty kick, and the United States had this. Tanya, they had this. They were up three to two in penalty kicks. All they had to do was put one more in, and they would have won.
6: Right, yeah. Like you said, Ripino's kick went over the goal. So did Sophia Smith. And then you have O'Hara hitting the post. Alyssa Nair did her part. She made two saves. Well, almost two saves, actually. I mean, I know they hit one over the goal, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, even having Alyssa Nair take a penalty shot, and she made it. But we, we, we could have won it multiple times in the penalty shootout as well as in the game. But like you said earlier, the Swedish goalkeeper had a phenomenal game. She was making so many saves. And we were really shooting on her a lot, like more so than the in the last three games. We had more shots on goal this game and more offensive power. I don't know where that was during the group play. If we had played like that during the group play, I believe we would have been we would have won the group and we wouldn't have had to face Sweden so early in the tournament.
0: One of the biggest criticizers of the women's national team was the former player Carly Lloyd. Former Atlanta Beat player, by the way. Okay. Big shout out to the Atlanta Beat, the defunct team from the WPS. But Carly Lloyd's been vocal. She's very disappointed. And, you know, as a passionate fan, you really have got to be very disappointed with the showing from the women's national team, who were ranked number one. They were the odds on favor to win their third straight World Cup. They have a showing like this. Now, don't get me wrong, Tony. They played well against Sweden, but that's not good enough when it comes to. The national women's soccer i mean this is the same team that was fighting for equal pay with the men because they were on the same level this kind of i mean this is just devastating for women's soccer
6: yeah it totally is um i mean i heard carly carly lloyd's comments uh after the portugal game and i couldn't agree with her more and yeah this does hurt the women's soccer in the united states i mean We won the equal pay battle, but after that, I mean, look what we did now. We just, we can't even get past the sweet 16. Uh, You know, like you said, the earliest exit in U.S. women's soccer history. We've never exited this early. And then when you look back at the Olympics, I mean, you know, we haven't done well in the last two tournaments, Olympics, World Cup. I know the Olympics is next summer. But I mean, I wonder right now, I'm just wondering what kind of changes are the US women's soccer is thinking right now. I mean, what are they gonna do? And keep Vlaco? are they gonna get get a new coach in there? Change of players? I mean, no more Rapino, no more Ertz. You announced her retirement earlier. I this is I'm kinda of wondering what's gonna happen next.
0: Well, they do have a young team, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman. I mean, they got a bunch of star players that are under the age of 25 but the next women's world cup is not until 2027 that is a long time away to redeem themselves and to win another women's world cup now that the united states is out tanya who's the favorite to win it all
6: oh gosh it's still hard to say i mean i still think japan's super strong i i was i mean sweet um, excuse me spain is back I saw them play the other night, and they look like they were in the second and first game of the group stages. So it's, you know, Sweden is still right there. I mean, I still, like I said, the USA outplayed them today. But uh, Japan, Spain, those two teams right now, and then you got England. England plays later on today. So uh, between those three teams, I think that's where we're at, those three teams right now.
0: Well, I have a team that I'm rooting for because this is really a fascinating story. Jamaica, out of CONCACAF, they're in the round of 16. They're playing a Columbia team. I mean, nobody expected either one of these teams to make it out of the group. So the winner of that game is going to move on to the round of eight in the quarterfinals. And then Morocco, the men's team, made it to the semifinals. And now the women's team could make it to the round of eight, although they're playing a tough France team. But, Tanya, the two countries that I'm very disappointed, actually three, Canada, Brazil, and Germany, not making it out of the group. Germany was ranked second. They were the second best team in the world, and they could not get out of the group. So you think that the United States had a bad World Cup. What about Germany, who's won this twice, and they can't even get out of the group? Canada had a bad World Cup, and and as well as Brazil
6: yeah those I mean those were shocking shocking moments I was I was more shocked at the Germany exit not not even making that a group play I woke up the other morning and I was just my mouth was wide open I was like what happened and you know Brazil like you said Brazil Canada those are those are top 10 teams again you know so it's that's what I mean like the soccer is growing in women in the women's side it's growing you can tell this world cup expressed that Cause these, these teams normally get out of group play and, and then like, now they're not there. There's no U S there's no Germany, no Brazil, no Canada. So it's like, it was totally shocking. And yeah, that's a total disappointment. I mean, Germany, even the men's side, if you think about it, the men's side have been struggling lately too. Uh,
0: Tanya, I appreciate you uh, being a guest here on the show and uh, talking the women's world cup and uh, love to have you back on uh, as we wrap up this women's world cup. Uh, just briefly, just talking about the matches. But yeah, thanks again for being on the show.
6: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, like I said, it's an interesting World Cup this year. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the games. And I just, I mean, who knows who's going to win the World Cup. It's it's still a little wide open, but I, it's it's exciting.
0: Absolutely. That is the New Mexico Lightning midfielder and captain, Tanya Chavez, and my official women's world cup correspondent here on the sports beat joining us once again to talk women's world cup however the united states a disappointing loss in the round of 16 to sweden all right that's it we're going to go and take a quick commercial break and when we come back we're going to have more sports here on the sports beat we'll be back
1: help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps first get yourself and your family a flu shot it's quick and can protect you all season second Take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at CDC.gov fightflu fight flu.
2: When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill, with varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers. The worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music.
4: Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of new spring worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place.
1: You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin
0: welcome back to the sports beat with richard holdridge i'm going to close out this show talking about the carver tigers i'm going to air the media days coverage with second year head football coach of the carver tigers pierre coffee the carver tigers finishing nine and three last year they made it to the quarterfinals they lose to Oconee county as they gear up For that first game of the regular season on August the 18th against the Hardaway Hawks. It's going to be the Carver Tigers today. I'm going to go in order. So tomorrow it's going to be the Columbus Blue Devils. So we have eight schools in Columbus and Brookstone. So there are nine segments that I'm going to broadcast in the next couple of weeks. Getting ready for high school football season. So here, without further ado... Is the Carver Tigers. The Muscogee County Media Days.
5: DJ, you wanna start? Uh, what's gonna be different about this
3: team? Absolutely. Um, so starting in the offseason, our whole motto and the thing that we value was just loving the process and, and get being engulfed in, you know, being a blue collar worker and, and everything that goes into that. Um, and you know, our thing is just doing the small things. We think if we do the small things correctly. Of course, the winning and stuff will take care of itself. So just loving the process. And that goes back to, you know, being great student athletes, going to work in the classroom, going to work in the weight room, you know, being being teachable, coachable, and uh, being leaders. And so that that's that's what we've been about since the end of last season. Yes, sir.
0: Coach Coffee, with the success that the team has had in the past couple of years, making it to the quarterfinals last year, what are the expectations going into the
3: 2020? Uh, So the way we – kind of approach that is we take it week by week. We want to we want to get we want to chase the best version of ourselves each and every day. So I tell the guys on Tuesday I should be better than what I was on, on Monday. On week two we should be better than what we were on week one. And so that's the way we kind of kind of approach that, you know, and not necessarily put a end game goal. We're just going to take it week by week and day by day. Yes, sir. How
7: I many of y'all seniors we have not watched
3: Right now we have 15 seniors on roster. Uh, I think we graduated 18 last year, 15 this year, and we have a a very large class of 2026 and class of 2027. So, yes, sir. With the loss of uh, several key players last season, now to college level, how do you really go to reload the team? Who will be standing? I think you know just those guys who played junior varsity last year and they were able to get. able to get meaningful meaningful minutes in varsity games those guys got to kind of step up and play um a lot of those guys were able to play on Friday nights last year and so you know just kind of seeing some of those young some of those younger guys and how they were able to develop throughout the off season. you know those guys got to step in and be able to feel some of the shoes of of the Kelton Smiths and the Dan Reeds and the Jamar Riley's and, and guys like that and so um you know we feel pretty good about who, who's coming in and stepping up. Uh, to fill those shoes. Now, those are humongous shoes to feel, but at the same time, uh, we think we got a, you know, a good group of guys that's, that's eager and, and ready for that, ready to fill that task. Coach, can you talk about the kids you
5: brought
3: today? Absolutely. To the left of me, this is Braylon Jakes. Um, when you start talking about an all-around class act, um, an amazing person, amazing individual, great student. He leads by example. Uh, he comes to work with that blue collar and that hard hat every single day. And, that, you know, that's just who he is, and that's what he does. Uh, an amazing student, too. Um, right behind me, this is Jeremiah Brownson. Same thing. An amazing person, an amazing individual. He leads, by example, within the school. Comes from an amazing family. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's the guy that he embraces everything that we're about. And then we have Cam Dawson, number 55. He's a three-year starter at Carver. He started in the state championship game the year before I got there. He's Carver through and through and he understands exactly what it means to be a Carver for Tiger. So these are, these are three of my 3, three our leaders.
7: Well, coach, you talk about the players, but let's talk about your coaching staff. because that, that helps make a great head coach. One of your former coaches is now the lead man at Shaw. So how did you go about replacing him, and who are some of the other guys that right. give credit to helping your staff?
3: Right. Um, in coaching, that's always tough, you know, when you have turnover. And, um, you know, with Coach Gardner, he's an amazing coach. Amazing individual, a great friend of mine, and I know he's going to do great things. Um, and those are tough shoes to fill. Um, but we were able to bring in some guys, uh, Coach Damien Daniels, um, some people that were in the building already, like Coach Michael Also, He rejoined the staff. And so, you know, they just got to kind of step in and and, and, and play their roles and, you know, just kind of be team players. And I think we've done a really good job of doing that um, since January. Yes, sir. Coach, one thing I like about the chemistry of this team, these guys are a lot of the guys played have played together all the way from CYL, so they've been knowing each other, you know, over years, and, and so that helps. And then we've done a lot of stuff this summer. I think to kind of break the monotony of being at practice every single day and lifting weights, but also building camaraderie, like going on road trips together, going to camp down in South Georgia with one another, and I think that has helped tremendously. Uh, because, and I and I remind the guys all the time. During this season, they spend more time with us than their actual, fa- actual family. So, I think, you know, with this group, they, they are very close, like very, very close, and you can kind of see it at practice. Yes, sir. You lost in the Vail College. we yeah. have a quarterback thing going on with this.
5: have you starting quarterback?
3: So, right now, our starting quarterback is Matthew Mungin. Uh He's a kid from Fort. Um, he played behind the veil last year. He actually played the whole second half of the first round of the playoffs. So he's the guy, you know, that's going to be, you know, leading the ship this year. Um, and we're really excited about him. He, he has a, a very, very high ceiling um, and a lot of potential at the quarterback position. I mean, he has the size, he has the arm, he has the athletic ability, and also, you know, the, the, the mental uh, aspect that it takes to be a quarterback. So we're extremely excited about what he can bring to the table. And he's a sophomore, so, you know, he has the opportunity to lead this team for three years.
0: Coach, with the additional football stadium this year with Otis Spencer and A.J. McClung, where are you typically going to be playing your home games?
3: Well, Carl, you know, most of our games are at A.J. McClung. Um, but I think it's a good mixture this year between A.J. McClung and, and, and Otis Spencer. Jeremiah Branscombe, DB. For
7: you? Uh, class of 2024. How you doing? Hey, right here, I, how you doing? How was
3: making the transition from um, getting back to Carl?
7: Uh, the transition was pretty easy. Um, I kind of knew a few players at Carver, um, and they just kind of made it um, easy to transition. They, they're loving and it. It's just a family tradition there. How the level of competition? I had to step up. I had to step my game up. I just knew I couldn't it wasn't no cakewalk. It was – had to work every day, um, earn my spot. Jeremiah, talk about uh, learning from Coach Damian Daniels. He was an all-world player back in his day. So I know as a player, having someone coach you that was successful in his own right, what does that
2: mean to be coached by him?
7: Being coached by Coach Dane, and I've been working with him for a couple years. Uh, it's, he's a really uh, good coach. His experiences that he brought to the team just really helped us out a lot. And he just makes the game easier for everybody.
0: Jeremiah, when you look at the Carver players of the past, like an Isaiah Crowell, a Puckner Buckner, a Jarvis Jones, in your mind, what does it mean to be a Carver Tiger?
7: Uh, being a Carver Tiger means having to work every day. It's a, uh, it's a tradition, like I said um, – the bar is up here, and we only plan to move it. What your personal goals for yourself this year? Personal goals? My personal goal is as big as this team. We want to win state. Um, I plan to lead the region in uh, interceptions this year. You can you just elaborate
4: a little more on your personal impressions
7: being
6: with
7: Carver? When I came in, I see everybody working. It's just nobody slacking, no, no breaks, no – everybody just working. Everybody got that same mindset. Everybody got the same end goal to win the state championship. Yeah, I don't think many
3: people on state have a football player. I do
7: Yes sir. Um, I help my mom's non-profit organization, Let's Grow Steam. I help with uh, DJ, with, uh, Sports Vision during the uh, Found City Classic. Yeah, that's about it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Isaiah Crowell too. Yes, sir. What are you most looking forward to Just getting better day by day, helping the young guys out, um, and in goals, win state. How was it with your teammates accepting another school, or were
3: you
7: mostly? Oh, yeah, it was real well, yeah. Like I said, we uh, we grew up playing middle school together, CYF, uh, River City, and it was just. Going back home. Yeah, just going back home, kind of, yes, sir.
5: Cameron Dawkins, Class 24, Offensive tackle.
7: Let's talk about you being a three year starter, man. You've kind of been in this program
5: this system for a while now. Scott, how do you build really for the, the players? Uh, I hope they are influenced by um, all the knowledge that I already have from um, former players, from Lil Cradle, Elijah Pritch, and um, DJ Rouse, and the. With the other guys. How do you separate the future uh, college recruiting within the you're you responsible as a leader on this team. Get business that you have. Um, I separate that by focusing on the now and our end goal this year, which is winning the ring. I just focus on everything I got going on right now, helping the younger guys, because I know we're gonna need them to win this year.
0: Coach
5: mentioned that you played in the state title game. What would it mean? It'll mean a lot to get back, because you know I won that ring my temporary year. So if I get that with my brothers now. Lot.
3: What are some of the things that you tell the
5: younger players just not coming in since you are a special player? I tell them they got to trust the process. They got to trust the coaching. Some guys don't want to believe what the coach is saying, but the coach tells you something, he's telling you for a reason. So can I just you talk to him about your attitude? Yes, I just emphasize on just trusting the coaching. That's the only thing you can do. You trust your coach and you're going to win. What does it mean to play for Coach Coffee? It means a lot to play with Coach Coffee because he always gives us that blue collar mentality. He, um, he's working to not just make better football players, but better men, better husbands, and all that in the future.
3: You yeah, got personal goals this season?
5: Win the ring with my
1: brothers. The Baxters have a new first book. From number 1 New York Times best-selling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit karenkingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold
4: The Sonoy Fellowship is an expository Bible teaching church where we study the Word of God line by line and we apply it life by life. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on WQEE and we look forward to having you join us. Our church offices are located in Sonoy, Georgia, 6855 mm. Highway 16, Suite 102, Sonoy, Georgia. If you'd like to call us, our number is 770-755. 8243. Or you can reach me, I'm Pastor Bob, at bob at calvarysonoy.org. S-E-N-O-I-A. You also can go to our website at www.calvarysonoy.org. You can reach our YouTube channel there, as well as our Facebook page. Join us at 10 o'clock right here on WQEE.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. That's it. That is our show. I want to thank Ryan O'Neill back at the station of WQEE for allowing me to have a sports talk show. Stay tuned for Braves Country today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Don't forget to catch an episode Sunday nights of Georgia-Alabama Sports Live with myself and Thrift Beringer. And you could also catch Thrift Behringer on Sports Vision's radio show with Thrift and DJ Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 6 p.m. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode as Tanya Chavez is going to be joining the show again talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFL 32 teams in 32 days. And I'm also going to have the Columbus head football coach, Phil Marino on the show as I continue Muscogee County's media days for high school football. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.